In a legal filing with Judge Eileen Cannon this week, prosecutors working for the federal government essentially had to beg her to not allow herself to be manipulated by Donald Trump and his legal team. It was a short filing, just two pages, but basically what the federal prosecutors were telling the judge is judge you're being played because here's what happened. Donald Trump and his legal team have of course been attempting to get a continuation, if you will, or a delay in the trial that judge Cannon has set for May. And they're arguing to the judge, the judge, listen, we've got a big trial in front of judge Tanya Chutkin in March. And you know, the, 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 the prosecution in, in our case hasn't given us access to the, to the classified documents. So boy, golly gee, we don't have time to, to get ready for that case and then get ready for this case. Cause we haven't had the evidence. You got to postpone this case, the documents case till after next year's election. Nope. Oh, sorry. That's what you got to do. And judge Cannon this week said, Hmm, I, you're, you're, you're right. I'll, I'll think about it and give you a decision later. So judge Cannon signaled her willingness to go ahead and postpone the trial till after the election. Cause again, oh boy, Trump's team just has all these things working against them. First of all, judge Cannon is the one who told Trump's lawyers months ago, they had to set up the secure facility for him to be able to view the evidence against him, the classified documents. The lawyers went to court, literally admitted, we haven't had time to do it, or we just haven't done it. So she said, ah, don't worry about it. I'll get rid of all the deadlines I set for you on that. And then she got mad at the prosecution for not, I guess, helping them, even though it wasn't their job. They actually set up a secure facility in DC and said, you can come look at them here. So the prosecutors got in trouble for the failures of Trump's legal team. I talked about that at the time. And in this new filing, the prosecutors are telling the judge, listen, they're trying to use the trial in March with Chutkin as an excuse to why they won't be ready for your trial in May. But judge, you need to pay attention to the fact that earlier this morning, they asked judge Tanya Chutkin for a delay as well. So if they can't do this one because they're getting ready for that one, but now they're trying to push that one back, you're being manipulated. Like they are trying to play all of these judges against one another to delay all these trials indefinitely, or pretty much in Trump's mind till after he wins the 2024 election and just pardons himself for everything. Then all the cases go away, but the prosecution is onto the game. They see what's happening. They understand the manipulation and they are begging judge cannon. Don't allow yourself to make these stupid ass decisions. The prosecution of course does have the option. If Chut, uh, not Chutkin, if cannon makes these stupid ass decisions, they can appeal them. They've already appealed other rulings that she had made last year. They won on appeal. So cannon doesn't have a good track record. And I do think, of course, she is going to try to protect Trump. The appellate courts are not going to be so kind. And if she issues more rulings that benefit Trump and the prosecutors appeal and win on appeal, they would have more grounds to argue that the case should be moved away from Cannon altogether. So she has to tread lightly. I know she doesn't want to, but she has to, or else she is going to give up her authority over the case. The prosecutors have warned her now. Let's wait and see what she does.
It was revealed this week in the New York fraud trial against Donald Trump, his adult sons, and his organization that all the way back in 2014, when Donald Trump was trying to buy the uh, Buffalo Bills NFL football team, that he was one of the final six bidders on it. I mean, they, they had dozens and dozens of bidders and Trump, Donald Trump made it to the final six. And at that point, you know, the, the banks were like, all right, everybody turn over your financial documents so we can see who actually has the money to put up to buy the football team. And according to K. Don Cornwell, an executive at Morgan Stanley, who testified in the trial this week, he said, Donald Trump didn't give us his financial statements. Instead, what he gave us was a magazine article from Forbes, you know, their fortune 500 list. And Donald Trump just submitted a magazine that was estimating his net worth as proof of income that he can totally afford to buy an NFL football team in cash. He didn't want to turn over any bank statements, no financial records, no tax documents. No, no, no. You don't need that. I have something even better. I have a magazine that says I got a lot of money. Uh, obviously Donald Trump did not win the bidding war for the Buffalo bills. And because this happened in 2014, it can't necessarily be used as evidence against him in this fraud trial because the statute of limitations, uh, kind of cuts off right around there. But, um, Hmm, you know, here's the thing <laughs> I have looked just out of curiosity, right? I I've Googled myself, like Farron cousins net worth. And those estimates, by the way, are like way off. There was one, one time that said I'm worth $2 million. Trust me. I'm not even worth anywhere close to a million dollars. But if I were using Trump logic, I could just print out that article, go to the bank and be like, Hey bank, I need, I need a mortgage for this mansion. I want to buy, uh, don't bother looking at my bank statements. No, 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 no. I have an article here from the internet that says I have a lot of money. So, you know, it's basically the same thing, right? Tomato, tomato. You want me to prove I have money. This article says I have it. Who are we to argue with them? That is effectively what Donald Trump did while trying to buy the Buffalo bills. Again, this can't be used as evidence against him, uh, to prove fraud, but what it shows, and this can be used against him. It shows his reluctance to turn over his financial documents. And more importantly, according to legal experts, it shows that it was around this time that Donald Trump started to realize, wait a minute, I actually don't have as much money as I want people to think I do. You know, I was about to get exposed. Luckily I didn't win the bidding war for the Buffalo bills. Uh, but if I had one, I'd have to turn over these documents. They'd see, I don't have it. So maybe, and this is what legal experts believe happened because it's right around the time that may be when Donald Trump decided to start cooking the books in case another major purchase came up in the future. And he did have to turn over his financial documents. You know, there's, there's not always going to be a magazine article that you can turn into the banks and say, Hey, look at all this money I got. 
So prosecutors, uh, legal experts believe that prosecutors may use this to show that this was the event. This was the turning point where Donald Trump realized he's got to start cooking the books if he wants to make people think he has enough money to buy big things, you know, like an NFL franchise. Well, folks, we had Donald Trump's adult idiot sons take the stand this week in the New York fraud trial. And I got to tell you, it didn't go well. It genuinely did not go well. You got legal experts across the country right now showing up on cable news outlets saying that, yeah, it looks like Donald Trump Jr. may have actually opened himself up to criminal prosecution because he didn't plead the fifth. But the most important thing from Don Jr.'s testimony, from Eric Trump's deposition and, and, you know, what they said in court is the fact that both of the brothers, both of the Trump sons are basically trying to claim stupidity. You know, like, ah, we, we didn't know what was going on. We're just Beavis and Butthead over here. And we relied on everybody else to do all the hard work because as both Eric and Don Jr. pointed out, you know, we, we were involved in the construction thing. We're the design guys. No, you were running the whole company. The two of you together, along with Alan Weisselberg, y'all were running the company. But Trump Jr., in addition to a whole bunch of I don't knows and I don't recalls, when asked about the numbers, he's like, ah, I wasn't really involved in you know, the numbers. All right. That's what the CPAs are for, right? The certified public accountants. That's why we pay these people money to, to do the numbers so that we, as the men running the company, we don't even have to look at them. Yep. Th- th- these are the number people, you know, we're just two morons out here. According to Eric Trump, pouring concrete. We're construction workers, basically, is what they tried to argue. Now, they weren't. Um, I think it's pretty obvious to everybody that's ever seen Eric and Don Jr. These are not the manual labor type. Certainly not the types to be able to, <laughs> to you know, operate a concrete truck, concrete mixer. That, that's not them. They're not out there with the jackhammers breaking ground. That's not who they are, but that's try them trying to say that's who they are in court. Like, oh, numbers, man, we just leave that to the folks upstairs. We just out here, you know, making sure that the, the structure is sound. No, you're not. You were running the company. So here's what this tells us. Not only does it tell us that they didn't bother to allegedly check the numbers, it tells us that they're very bad at running companies. I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of company you're running, what company you're running. If you're the person at the top of that ladder, you look at the numbers. You don't just assume that everything everybody gives you is correct, especially if you're running an allegedly multi-billion dollar business. You get independent audits. You get numbers from this person and this person, and you make sure that everything adds up. That is one of your jobs as the president or CEO or, or, or whatever you want to call yourself at the top. That is what you do. And for these two numbskulls to walk into court and be like, we, we didn't look at the numbers. 
Okay. So you're either very stupid or you're just the worst businessmen in the history of business. Let's not rule that out as a possibility too, but either way, they're trying to say that we were too stupid to do the job that we were actually supposed to be doing. You know, that concrete's not going to pour itself, right? Another thing, and this is perhaps the most important thing that happened is that they didn't deny that the numbers were inflated. They didn't dispute that. You know, when you're on trial for something and you're trying to say you didn't do it, you don't just say, no, those people did it. Because by the way, one of those people, those people did it was your dad. So y'all did kind of throw him under the bus. And you know that your organization itself is also being sued and you didn't try to protect it. You didn't say that, no, none of this happened. Y'all are wrong. Our numbers were right. They didn't do that. They didn't deny it. And that they're going to come to regret. Ivanka Trump was originally set to testify in the New York fraud trial today, but earlier in the week, she was able to tell the court, Oh, uh, you scheduled me on a Friday. I got other plans. Like there is a massive schedule conflict and guys, I, I can't make it on Friday. So judge Arthur Ingeron was nice enough to say, okay, you can't make it Friday. Totally get it. Right. You only had a week's notice. Plenty of time for somebody of your stature to rearrange plans, but whatever, come in next week. So then he moved her testimony from today, the, th- uh, uh, was it the third to next week on November 8th. And then Ivanka said, Hey, that's really cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, by the way, I'm also appealing your ruling that says I have to come and testify. So I'm still going to try to weasel out of testifying altogether, but Hey, (laughs) thanks for delaying my, my testimony. Did Ivanka Trump lie to the court? Did she lie to the court when she told them she had a, a scheduling conflict and by golly, I just, I can't be there. And now she turns around and says, Oh, by the way, I don't ever want to come. Kind of tells me that she wasn't being forthright with the court, which by the way is a crime. You cannot lie to the court. You cannot fraudulently tell them you have a schedule of conflict when in reality you were just trying to push it back a few days so that you could file the motion of appeal, trying to not testify at all. So far, at least as of this recording, Ingeron has not addressed that issue. He should. And I think she should immediately be hauled in to testify in a little special session about what her actual schedule conflict was, why that schedule was immovable, but the court date was movable and why you decided after I actually pushed it back that you were just going to appeal the whole damn thing anyway. Ivanka Trump, as far as I can see it with this particular story was not being honest with the court. And again, that's illegal. You can't be dishonest with the judge in a filing, in a motion or in testimony or a deposition. If you say something that is not true, that is perjury and it is a crime. And I think Ingeron needs to go ahead and pop her on that. At least bring her in to explain it, to see if he needs to move forward with charges against her. Cause to me, that seems pretty serious. 
She pulled one over on the judge to buy herself more time so that she could appeal having to even come in and testify in the first place. Ivanka's got something to hide. Like that much to me is totally obvious. You already lost your first attempt to not have to testify. Then you delay your testifying. Then you appeal the judge's decision that says you have to testify. What are you hiding Ivanka? Are you hiding something that you know is going to hurt your dad, hurt the business, hurt your brothers? Or are you so terrified that you're going to perjure yourself trying to protect your dad, your company, and your brothers? Because honestly, like you cannot convince me that it's not one of those two things. If you didn't have something to hide, you would have no problem walking into that courtroom, sitting on the same stand that your brother sat in and telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But your refusal to do that is a pretty good indication for anybody in the legal industry. They know that when somebody refuses, 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 fights and fights and fights and fights to not testify, 99.99999% of the time, it's because that person has something to hide. And honestly, I don't think it's any different with Ivanka. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.